0: It's Wednesday, November 16th. From inside the WTOP newsroom, this is the DMV Download Podcast, brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602. Get an estimate and learn more at steamfitters-602.org. Charging documents released today shed light on what happened during the shooting at the University of Virginia Sunday night that left three students dead and two injured. WTOP's Luke Luker joins us from a courthouse in Charlottesville, Virginia.
1: They talked to a witness that was on the bus. She said that she saw a guy that she knew as Chris shoot Devin Chandler while he was asleep.
0: And just today, UVA students returned to class for the first time since the mass shooting, enduring a 12-hour lockdown on Monday and mourning on Tuesday.
1: I know that this community is, is trying to make sense of what happened and uh, heal from this, and I, I really just think it's
0: it's gonna take a lot of time. Thanks for joining us. I'm Luke Garrett. Megan Clorty is off today. Silence can mean a lot, especially when such quiet comes from thousands all gathered in remembrance of the three UVA football players killed Sunday night. Deshaun Perry, Laval Davis Jr., and Devin Chandler. WTOP's Luke Lukert has been in Charlottesville, Virginia all week covering this tragic story. He joins us now.
1: Thanks for having me.
0: So Luke, the suspected gunman and former football player Christopher Darnell Jones Jr. made his first court appearance today. And with it, we learn new information about what really happened in that charter bus Sunday night. So what did we learn here?
1: The most interesting detail that was shared by prosecutors during this first initial hearing was a witness statement that was gathered by police. They talked to a witness that was on the bus. She said that she saw a guy that she knew as Chris shoot Devin Chandler while he was asleep on the charter bus. Pretty uh, pretty crazy stuff. And then she went on to say in that statement that he was targeting certain people. And as we know, four out of the five victims in this shooting were uh, UVA football players. Those were really the only new details about the shooting that we learned at this time. And the uh, prosecutor for this, Jim Hingley, he is the uh, Commonwealth attorney here in Albemarle County, said that it's going to be a slow process for the public to really learn about what happened during this case because he wants to make sure that there is not a prejudiced jury pool when trial might come around.
0: Mm. And so let's fill in some of the details kind of around the new information that we heard. So the shooting occurred on a charter bus, but they were coming back from a visit to D.C., is that correct?
1: Yes, they were. They were on a charter bus, and they'd spent the day in D.C. seeing a play. From our understanding, it was a play about Emmett Till, and uh, they were on their way back, and they got back at around 10.30 that night, and that's when police believe Chris Darnell Jones Jr. shot, killed three, and wounded two others when they were in the parking garage right there, right next to the drama building of UVA.
0: And did we get any indication into the motive? I know sometimes that's really hard to understand and figure out early, but any, any indication on the motive?
1: There is no official motive narrative given by prosecutors because they they do want to keep information kind of close to the vest at this point as they're continuing to investigate. That was a big point made by the Commonwealth's attorney when he did speak to reporters was saying, you know, we don't want to harm this investigation by releasing too much information. And we don't want to we don't want to make this prejudice trial if it does go to trial. But the scuttlebutt around here. In Charlottesville, from what I'm hearing. I've been here for about two days. Is that there was some sort of hazing, bullying, incidents that may have set this off? Again, this is all just conjecture and rumors mm. that have been kind of discussed here in Charlottesville.
0: Mm. And Luke, after the shooting happened, you know, the suspected shooter fled and UVA went into a 12-hour lockdown. You went down Monday morning and were there when that lockdown was in effect. You know, why did it take so long for authorities to find Jones Jr.?
1: Because he wasn't at the UVA campus. He was, you know, 90 miles away in Henrico County. And that's kind of the area where he grew up. So I I guess it wasn't a shock to police that they found him there. But, you know, one of the reasons that they didn't find him quickly was because he was no longer in Charlottesville.
2: Mm.
0: You've been on the campus, you've been in Charlottesville. How has the campus been coping with? this mass shooting?
1: I mean, it's it's been a pretty eerie uh, place. I mean, the day I got here, uh, when it was learned that three uh, players had died, you know, you immediately saw banners go up with the names and numbers of those football players who, who had died. Lots of UVA strong and lots of uh, vigils. I'm sure many of our Viewers have seen the pictures and videos of thousands of kids going uh, to, to these vigils. It's just a very somber, somber moment uh, for this campus. I will say on Monday, walking around, it, it did feel like I'm sure a lot of us know what, it, what it's like to be at a college campus. And if you've ever been to a college campus in June, it's empty. It felt like that, but... It was very very cold outside it was a little a little strange Mm. um one of the the craziest sights i saw were police using police dogs trying to sniff out uh the suspect uh, around some fraternity houses and uh, just a bunch of fraternity guys standing on the roof just trying to get a better look at what was going on around campus because again they had no idea what was going on for the longest time, for
0: 12 hours. Really. Right. And that was during the lockdown. Yep. That was during the lockdown. And you mentioned that there were two other shooting victims that survived. Do we know their condition and where they're at?
1: As far as we know, they are no longer a life-threatening condition or a critical condition. One of them is a football player, Mike Hollins. who's a running back for the uh, the Cavaliers. But uh, again, we we don't know exactly his condition, but he is expected to recover. As the same for the other student, Marley Morgan. Again, don't know too much about her or how uh, severe her injuries were, but uh, she is expected to recover.
0: Mm. And what exactly are the charges against Jones Jr.? And what's next in this case?
1: Yeah, he's got 10 charges racked up right now. Three of them are second degree murder charges. He's got two charges of uh, malicious wounding with the intent to maim or kill. And then to go along with those five charges, five charges of using a handgun in commission of a felony. So he's he's got a lot of charges that could rack up a lot of jail time.
0: Mm. Any final thoughts as we close up here?
1: Uh, I know that this community is, is trying to make sense of what happened and uh, heal from this, and I, I really just think it's it's going to take a lot of time to do that, and really kind of figure out what exactly happened here and and why this tragedy occurred. And you know, you you like to think that you'll be able to heal before that happens, but you, know, you just never know. Very sad, uh, very sad. Feeling.
0: Luke Lukert in Charlottesville, outside a courthouse. Thank you for bringing us a story and all the new information we learned today.
1: Thanks, Luke. Take
2: care.
0: And after the break, we'll end the show on a lighter note with our latest segment of DMV Dates. Stick around.
2: Backed by the experience of its hardworking members, Steamfitters Local 602 is ready to take on your next commercial heating, cooling, HVAC, or refrigeration project. Steamfitters Local 602 adds value to our community through its partnerships with local contractors and building owners, all while keeping the focus on improving the lives of its members and their families throughout the DMV. For work that's on time and on budget, go to steamfitters-602.org to schedule your next project. That's steamfitters-602.org. Steamfitters Local 602 Search American Nightmare Podcast on all podcast platforms.
0: And before we go, the DMV Dates segment is back. And before we get started, I just want to apologize to the listeners out there. I forgot about DMV Dates segment last week, and a listener actually reached out on Facebook and said, Hey, I was listening on Wednesday and it didn't show up. So apologies in advance. We're back Michelle Goldchain is here for this segment of DMV Dates. She is the social media manager and video editor at WTOP. Michelle, welcome.
2: Thank you for having me.
0: It's a pleasure. Now, do you mind if I start with the first date idea?
2: I would not mind at all.
0: Okay, so everyone knows it's getting colder, right? I felt the chill in the air this morning, was thinking about an idea, and I was like, you know what, I wonder if the ice rink at the Sculpture Garden is opening soon. Lo and behold, it is. November 26th is the first day the rink will be open to the public. It's open around 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., you know, so you have plenty of time. So the date will actually start, though, at Fogo de Chão, a Brazilian steakhouse on Pennsylvania Avenue and 11th Street Northwest. This is just a few blocks away from the Sculpture Garden ice rink, so you'll get a nice steak dinner there if you like steak. Hopefully your date likes steak, too. If not, they have other options. Um a little spendy, you know. I'm sure you'll spend around 30 bucks per person. So this is kind of maybe date five, seven, eight, kind of, you know, you really want to commit to this person, maybe. And then you go to the ice rink. Um, it's $12 for a ticket and six dollars for a rental. I'm assuming no one has ice skates, so eighteen bucks per person. And then, you know, you just skate around and enjoy the views. It's a really lovely, lovely time. Have you ever gone ice skating, Michelle?
2: In the past.
0: In the past? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's kind of once fun. or twice.
0: It's a little scary. Sk- like, you know. It's a little scary at first, but, you know, it's good to be uncomfortable with people, your date, you know, strike conversations, stuff like that. And if
2: you slip a little, you can just kind of grab on a little tighter Right, you can be like, oh,
0: uh, let me help you. Yeah, that's (laughs) that's nice. Anyway, so when you're skating around, here's a fun fact to kind of impress your your date with. You can say, oh, like, do you know when, like, the first artificial ice rink was, like, ever created? Like, it used to just be frozen lakes, you know, it used to, like, not be a thing. The answer is in London in 1876, there was the first artificial ice rink. Three years later, it came to the U.S., 1879, at the old Madison Square Garden, they made their own little artificial ice rink. And then obviously the sculpture garden in D.C. followed suit, Um, and and here you are. So then you can just skate away, and that's the date.
2: That's fun. Yeah? You think so? Yeah, artificial uh, uh, facts, uh, but real (laughs) love. (laughs) <laughs> that's good <laughs> so, so what's your idea okay so i have a good idea i think i hope i believe it so i was trying to think about what museums or artists, art artistic experiences can you get that aren't in the smithsonian yeah so some people may be familiar with art tech house mm. it's spelled like art tech like technology and then house okay. art tech house And it's located near the wharf, just north of it, just a quick walk away. So Arctic House has this brand new immersive digital exhibition called Spectacular Factory DC. Okay. It opens this upcoming Saturday, November 19th, and it's running through January 8th of 2023. So really no rush. (laughs) But if you're really into the holiday spirit, this exhibition is all about inviting guests into an experience that places you... And what looks kind of like a gift factory, so you can expect nutcrackers, candy cane carousels, mm. and walls-to-walls of vibrant colors and holiday cheer.
0: Mm, some social media opportunities I'm, I'm kind of hearing, maybe.
2: Yeah, it, it's visually stunning, and not only that, but delicious, because they have an XR bar Ooh. with beer, wine, and what they call XR drinks, which are both cocktails and also mocktails if you're not one for the alcoholic beverages. Good call. And they call this the XR Bar because it's an extended reality bar where you can use their free app to see augmented reality digital animations that just burst forth from your cocktail of choice.
0: (laughs) Wow, that sounds pretty fun.
2: Yeah, and so it's an easy way to pass the time, Yeah. possibly the least boring gallery in the city, (laughs) and a great conversation starter.
0: Totally, wow, all right. So that starts this weekend.
2: Yes, it starts this weekend, this Saturday, November 19th. And after you're done with Arctic House, just take a quick walk down to the wharf and you have so many options available Endless, to you. Endless, really. Endless. You have the Cuban cafe known as Colada Shop, or you can check out Hank's Oyster Bar if you're in the mood for some seafood. But if you want a more, you know, affordable date, you know, nothing wrong with the sandwiches at Grazi Grazzi or, you know, Falafel Inc.
0: Yeah. True. Nothing wrong with that. $3 falafel, sign me up. That sounds good.
2: Yeah, that's how I feel. But if you keep if you decide to keep walking along the wharf in as you're chatting away with your date, yes. Walk all the way to the Titanic Memorial. It's about a 30 minute walk, maybe forty five minutes if you're taking your time and enjoying the sights of the wharf from our house. And the Titanic Memorial is a 13-foot-tall granite statue of a man with his arms outstretched, and it's meant to remember the men who perished in the wreck of the Titanic who gave their lives so that the women and children could be saved.
0: Yeah, I've been to that memorial. It's, uh, It's pretty intense.
2: Yeah, so fun fact regarding that intense memorial. It was designed by Gertrude Vanderbilt Whitney, who was the founder of the Whitney Museum in New York City. Oh, wow. And even though it is, uh, it shows a man with his arms outstretched, they're actually, it's not meant to resemble Kate Winslet from the, you know, 1997 movie Titanic. Right. That's just a coincidence. Wow. So, yeah. um, And, you know, if you take your date there, you can say, like, hey, baby, I'd let you, (laughs) I'd save you from the Titanic, you know.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you get your fun fact and your line. That's pretty good.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: Well, folks, you are all set, because this weekend you can do Michelle's idea, and then the next weekend you can go ice skating. Well, that'll do it for us today on the DMB Download Podcast. We're brought to you by Steamfitters Local 602, and our music is by Real World. Give us a review and rate our show if you get the chance. Let us know how we're doing, good or bad. We'd love to hear it. You can also find us on social media, where we're posting content every day. You can also check out dmvdownload.com. The DMV Download is a product of WTOP News. Listen on 103.5 FM in the D.C. area, 1077 FM in Virginia, 103.9 FM in Frederick, Maryland, online at wtop.com, and of course, on the WTOP News app. Have a great night, and I'll see you tomorrow.